Hey, we're so pumped to have you at Timber Creek Church today. Um, I get to preach. Come on, I'm pumped. I'm excited. You know, some of you are less excited. That's okay. Uh, we're just going to roll through it. We're in the story. Uh, we're digging into the story of God, and that's what we've been doing the last few weeks, and we're going to continue doing just for a few more. Um, it's cool to see God's story. Like, a lot of us look at the Bible, and let's be honest, it's covered with dust. It's on the shelf. It's the app on our phone that, like, if, if I just did the thing and I could see all the apps you've had open, like, it might not be one of those. But, man, this, this year we're digging into God's word, the story, hitting the best parts. Amen? Amen. Hey, maybe you're watching online or you're with us from our die ball location. Can we make some noise for our die ball location? Come on. We love you guys. Today we're going to dive right in. I just want to ask you a rhetorical question. I don't need you to like shout out an answer. That could be awkward for you. Um, <laughs> here's your question. How do you define success? How do you define success? I've cheated and I've, I've, I've got the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition right here for you. And to be honest, I read this and for a lot of my life, I have believed success is this. And um, today I'm, I'm hoping that we can redefine that. But check, this is what it says. And you might fall into this category. Most people would. It says success, the fact of getting or achieving wealth, respect, or fame. Success. Man, we've all been there. Like, 100% of us in this room at some point in our life have believed, one, like, this is success. We go after this. Like, we got to have the bank account, right? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you got to have the bank account, that, like, that's success. You have to have the job title. That's success. You have to roll up to church with the right kind of car, and you're successful, for some of my students, you got to have X amount of followers on, you know, whatever's cool these days, right? Maybe Instagram, whatever. Facebook, <laughs> not cool. Not cool with the teenagers, guys. Not cool. Success, and like, let's be honest, so many of us are driven by success. Like, that is what we're pursuing in life because it's the job, it's the money, and once we get there, we're satisfied. That's what success is all about, right? Like, we want to get to the point in life, and we don't have to worry about anything. I've got a staff of people that are going to work under me, and, you know, I, don't, I can just, you know, write a check with, without even thinking about it. Success. And something that I've noticed being, you know, working with teenagers, students, if we're not careful, as we embody and as we pursue what success is in our minds, I guarantee that the students and the kids, the next generation, they're going to go after the same things. Like, I don't know if you noticed, like, my son, he's in this, like, copycat mode, and I will be doing anything. This morning, like, he's sitting on the couch watching Mickey Mouse, eating Fruit Loops, right, because I'm an awesome dad and cook awesome breakfasts, you know, breakfasts, breakfasts, and uh, <laughs> good grammar today. He's sitting on the couch, and I'm just walking by, and like, making noises with my mouth because, like, I just can't do anything in life without having, like, some kind of beat to something. Maybe somebody out there feels the same way as I do, and I'm like, like that. My son's on the couch, and he's trying to figure out how to make noises with his mouth, right? Like, the next generation, they see what we do. They see the example we have for them, and they're going to copy us. And the sad thing is a lot of times they're copying the worst parts of who we are. They're copying 
the success that we are so driven by. Because you're nothing without success, right? We've got so many things to sell out there, so many jobs to have, and everything is based on success. Like, dude, even stay-at-home moms, like, man, my kid has to look this, you know, have to, has to wear the right clothes today and make sure it has this, 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 and this. And, I mean, we've all got our to-do list. We've all got our checklists in life, and we're driven to be successful. And today, my hope, my goal, my prayer is that we can redefine what true success looks like because I'm telling you, if we don't figure it out, if we don't just take a step back and say, God, what is true success in your eyes? We're going to continue pursuing and going after the same junk, and it's going to get the next generation nowhere. And honestly, if we can just get on board with this and say, you know what, God, I'm open, I'm ready, I think it can change some things in your life. And as much as I'm praying for the next generation, it starts here. It starts with you as parents, as adults, as people that just live and breathe every single day. It starts right here. And today I'm hoping, I'm praying that we can redefine what, su what success looks like. Amen? Can I pray before we just dig in today? Dear God, I'm excited for what you have for us today. God, speak through me. And God, I'm praying that you would change hearts, change minds today. We love you. We praise you. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Glad you're with me today. Come on. Something that I've realized in this idea of what success is and, and, and just digging into God's word and what he wanted me to say today. I believe this is God's word. A realization that I had is true success isn't found in results. It's found in relationship. I say that and like you might be like, oh, amen, pastor. Of course, I didn't get any amens, but maybe in your mind, you know, you're thinking, amen. You know, like it's, it's in relationship. But how many of us live our life like that? It's about the trophies. It's about the accolades. It's about the, the titles and how far we can get in a job or in life or in anything. And today, I feel like we need to redefine it, work through it, and see what God's word has to say about how we can rethink what success is. I love it. We're, we're at in the story. I, I came upon this. It's in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. This is what it says. It says, and Solomon, my son. So let me just kind of give you a little background before we just dig right in. We've got King David. We know who King David is. He's the guy with the slingshot killing Goliath. One of the most famous people in the Bible. Like, if I say King David, David from the Bible, most people, even if you haven't grown up in church, you have somewhat of an idea of who David is. David is at the end of his life, at the end of his rope, and he brings together and has this this huge speech to, to give to all of his people, all of his followers. He gathers them together, puts them in a room, gets them together, and he's telling them, hey, this is the vision that I have for Jerusalem, for Israel, for you. And he's telling them, hey, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and this is going to happen. And in front of all these people, hundreds, probably thousands of people, he zones in on his son Solomon. Solomon's sitting right there, and Solomon is going to be king after David. And he zones in on him, and he forgets about all of the other people. And they have this moment, and he's got a word specifically for him, and that's where we're at. It says, and Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, 
he will reject you forever. Powerful words. And we've got the assembly together. So many people. And in that moment, David just needs to speak to his son. And I can only imagine what Solomon's thinking in this moment. Number one, he's thinking, Dad, don't talk to me right now. <laughs> like, why you, gotta, why you gotta put focus on me, right? Because no kid wants focus from their parents, you know, especially publicly, right? But I can only imagine he's, he's a little excited. He's about to get this promotion to be the king, and he's ready to go out there. But I think about David and what David's thinking in this moment. And here's what I think David is wrapped up in just a couple sentences. For Solomon and for us today, I believe that this is the secret to David's success. I believe that this verse right here is something that can show us how to have real, true success in life. And today I want to break that down, and I've got three keys to success for you. We could write a book about this, sell this in the cafe or something, right? But this is what we have today. Check this out. Number one. Everybody say number one. Number one. Know him. Right? Know him. The verse starts out and it says, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. You know, and growing up, I felt like success was always going after trying to attain something, the achievements, the accolades. And even had this thought that success is tied into who I know. Like, I need to have this connection to make it in life. Like, I have to know the right people that know the right people. And maybe if I place myself in the right situations, I'm going to find success because I'm connected to this person and this person and this person. And let's be honest, like we go into some of these relationships that we have with people in life, not because we want to be friends, but we kind of want to use them. Because this person's going to help me get the success that I'm, I'm craving. This person's going to help me get to where I want to be, give me the title, give me the money, whatever it is. The connections, it's the networking. And this morning, I want to ask you a very simple question Who do you know? Who do you know? Because we place so much trust and so much hope in people of this world that they're going to help us climb the ladder. <laughs> I mean, if I can just hang out with this person for just a little bit, I think they can get me here. And what we do, and it's really scary if you think about it, we begin to put our faith in people, in connections, in networking, more than we put our faith in God. And last time I checked, your friend didn't create the heavens and the earth. Last time I checked, like, your friend didn't put breath into your lungs every day. But we're so quick because we want the success, and we're hungry for it, and we're clawing after it because we want it, we want it, we want it. And if we just go back and say, you know what, if I just know God, that's the only connection that I need. Because I'm the kind of person, like, I'm going to believe God's going to put me in the right meetings. And I'm believing God's going to put me in the path to give me success, but I don't have to worry about the success. I don't have to be chasing after it. I just have to chase after God. And I'm telling you, if we can just kind of rework our mind and what we're doing and the decisions we make to be more about following God than following the ladder of success, it's going to change things. And really what it's going to do, it's going to free you up in your life. You're going to find so much freedom because it's not about the accolades. 
It's not about the followers. And we come back to the realization that it's about God. The simplification that happens in our life and in our heart and in our mind, things change. And so many of you, you're caught up in, how do I get that job? So many of you are caught up in, how do I get to this level? And I'm telling you, if you seek God, if you go after God more than you're going after the job or the title or success, man, I'm not just, I'm not just trying to promise you all the dollar bills in your bank account. I'm not saying things are always going to be perfect. I'm saying knowing God shows you something. Knowing God gets you further than knowing anybody else in life. I want to read some scripture for you. John 17, verse 3, it says, And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God. Let me tell you this, the best promotion I think I could ever have in my life is one day I pass away and I get to go spend eternity with God. Like forget the stuff, forget the accolades. Those trophies ain't going over with you guys. It's God. And this is just like a speck of sand in our existence of eternity. And knowing God gets you pretty, pretty far in that. It's not about who you know. It's about knowing God. Let him be your connection. Let him be like the source of, of your success. Philippians chapter 3, we find Paul, and Paul is just pouring his heart out. And Paul was a very successful person. Like in the Jewish law in that day, in that culture, he was banking. He was pretty high up. He had the title. He had everything that most of us crave and go after. And this is what I love. This is what he says. Once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. It's garbage. The stuff that we chase, the things we go after, at some point, you're going to know God, and in that knowledge of God and who he is, you're going to realize it's all garbage. And I know that's, that's different from what our culture tells us and what our culture feeds down our throat. But for some of you today, in just this part right here, you have found freedom. Because it's not about the stuff. You don't have to chase it anymore, and you can chase a God that loves you. You can chase a God that cares about you so much. You can find, like, the weight of life just begins to lift off of you. When you have to stop chasing down people to get somewhere. And you start chasing God, not to get somewhere, but just to chase God. Amen? It's good. I'm telling you, it's going to take you somewhere. 1 John chapter 2, it says, here's how we can be sure that we know God in the right way. This is what it says. Big deal right here. You ready? Keep his commandments. So we're talking about knowing God, and if we're going to know God, like, we should keep his commandments. And see, here's the problem. A lot of times, like in church, you're preaching up here and talking about commandments, like people just kind of like automatically tune out. <laughs> Rules is another word that people don't really like. We feel like God has just given us this book of like, do this, do this, thou shalt not do this, right? And a lot of times in our mind, that equals thou shalt not have fun. God said I can't do this, so, hmm. That stinks. Looks like life's going to be pretty boring. 
But when you come to know God, you realize that th there's a bigger picture in all of this. And then instead of giving you this list of don'ts and do's, he's giving you freedom in life. Because instead of wrapping yourself up in all of the stuff that we think we need and that we're going after, we just get to focus on God and knowing him and who he is. We don't really have the perspective that God has. I heard this story about a father who, he was at home hanging out with his three-year-old beautiful blonde daughter. And the dad's on the couch, they got the TV rolling, and the dad's on his phone. We've been there, right? Other dads, come on, you know what I'm talking about. Get on our phone, you know, scrolling through stuff, and the, the, the daughter's just playing, and the daughter makes her way into the kitchen, and she's playing in the kitchen, and all of a sudden things get really quiet. And if you're a parent, you know, like, when things get quiet, like, you just kind of like, it's too quiet. <laughs> you just know, like, there's this, like, parent sense that you have, right? And the dad thinks, I can't hear anything. And so he gets up from the couch, and he goes into the kitchen, and he sees his daughter just playing on the kitchen floor. She's having a good time. The dad smiles and kind of walks closer, and he sees his daughter playing on the floor with the black scorpion. <laughs> and his first instinct isn't to Google what he should do. Uh, been there, right? His first instinct isn't, you know, call somebody for help. Like, this dad knows, like, I'm going to grab my daughter, put her over here, and then, boom, right? Like, going to kill the scorpion. Like, that's what any sane person would do. And, of course, you'd think the dad would, like, be busting out the red Superman cape and, like, super dad. But the dad's feeling good for a second, like, man, I just solved that situation. And the daughter's over there on the floor crying because super dad just stomped on her friend. <laughs> it's interesting what kids think, right? <laughs> We've been there. The daughter's just bawling her eyes out, and she's mad at her dad. How could you kill my buddy? How could you kill my friend? The daughter doesn't know what the danger she was in. The daughter doesn't have the perspective that the dad has. We look at the rules. We look at the commandments, the regulations of the Bible, and we get mad at God. Because we think, man, I can't, I can't live the life that I want to live. I have to live the boring life, following God, living in this little boring box. But what you don't understand is that God sees things from a higher perspective than you do. And that he's given us these guidelines to help you live a better life, to help you be successful, to help you be happier. And we think it's unfun. Unfun. We think it's not fun to follow God and the rules and all the thou shalt nots. But what we don't understand is that when you live in tandem with God, when you have that relationship, when you know who he is and how much he cares for you, he's just the loving dad that says, you don't need to go that way. You don't need to make that decision. Kind of changes the way we live. Changes the way that we make decisions on a daily basis because God knows things we can't wrap our minds around. And we've got to stop being the little girl that's bawling her eyes out. And we've got to say, 
I kind of see the bigger picture here. We get so caught up in our relationship with God that we, we come to know God and we start reading through, but we're like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Oh, man. I don't know how long this is going to last. He's there for you. He cares for you. And when you know God, like, you know why. You know the why behind the what. You know why he tells you not to do that. And if you live out those guidelines, you're going to find success. You're going to live a more full, purposeful life. First John chapter 2, it says, here's how we can be sure that we know God in the right way. Keep his commandments. And then it continues to say this. If someone claims, I know him well, but doesn't keep his commandments, he's obviously a liar. His life doesn't match his words, but the one who keeps God's word is the person in whom we see God's mature love. This is the only way to be sure we're in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life Jesus did. Here's what I love about knowing God. When you come to know God in a real way, it takes you a step further because knowing him isn't just enough. You want to take that next step and and be like God. And when we live like God, like, dude, it frees you up for so many things and it shows you what real success is. The second part of this verse that we're digging into, into today, it says this. Worship and serve him with your whole heart. Everybody say whole heart. And a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and every thought. When you, when you spend time with somebody, you begin to act like them. You, you begin to talk like them. Like, you know, people wouldn't say that I have a country accent, right? But like being out in Deep East Texas, every now and then the twang just makes its way out, right? It does. When you hang out with somebody and they use the same word over and over again, you start using that word in your life. Like, you go to lunch with somebody, and you're just chowing down. You're like, dude, how's life going? And he's like, phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And then you're like, well, how are, the, how are your kids doing? How is this going? Phenomenal. I just like to pick that word because I think it's fun, right? Uh, maybe you know somebody. Maybe you're that person that uses the word phenomenal. Whatever, right? But you're at lunch with them. You're spending time with them. And believe it or not, you'll find yourself after that lunch using the word phenomenal. You spend time with people that maybe don't, you know, use a little vulgar language. You're probably going to use some vulgar language in life. The more you surround yourself with something, the more you're going to find your life embedded in it. It's kind of scary because you put your life in the wrong place. It's, you got to fix some things. But when you come to know God and you spend some time with God, the cool thing is, is that things change in your heart. And, and something is lived out. And in this verse, it's, it's breaking it down for you. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. Here's the cool thing. When you come to know God, you make your way down the list and you begin to serve him. It's number two, y'all, taking those notes. We know God, we know him, we serve him. It's this natural progression. Because if you know my God, you want to serve my God. When you know my God's love, you're going to want to love like my God loves this pretty cool chain reaction that happens in our life. And Solomon, 
He's trying to take all of this in as his dad's telling it to him. And I'm sure he doesn't break it down like we're breaking it down today, but it's real. And he's trying to say, this is what success is. It's a relationship. You know God intimately. He's not just somebody you kind of text every now and then or like their Facebook posts. You know him, but then you live your life for him. You serve him. You worship him with the words that you say and the life you live out. It's not just you come to church and lift up your hands, right? This is live. Like, no, like, this is living now. I'm going to go live now. And I'm going to live for God now. And I'm going to worship him with the words that I speak every day. And the actions that I live out, it changes things in you. Gets me excited thinking about people knowing God and serving God. Come on. I like to think about what happens in Lufkin, Texas, when, we, when we, we, we focus on what real success looks like. When we, we go after that relationship with him, you serve him. I like to get on my computer every now and then. And, of course, like, we used to have file cabinets full of files. Now we have hard drives full of files, right? And, you know, sometimes I'm looking for something. i got to go dig for it. Like, I'm clicking on the folder here and clicking on the folder here. What I love is a really incredible tool, and maybe you're not using it to your disposal, but most computers have a search tab at the top, okay? This is mine right here from my back, from my, uh, my computer. And you click that little, it's like a magnifying glass. That's what it looks like on my computer. You can search whatever you want, and you find it in an instant. It's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Like, technology is phenomenal, right? It's phenomenal. <laughs> I can go search something and it finds it so fast. Instead of having to dig through it, instead of having to like think way back in the day of digging through all the filing cabinets and the papers, it's there. And here's the question I wanna, I wanna put out there for you today and just think about it for a second. What comes up in the search of your heart and mine? Because the more you know God, the more the things in your life are gonna stick out that don't represent who God is. The more you follow God, you're going to see some things, some indiscrepancies, if you will. That doesn't represent God. And I wonder, like, God knows us, right? Like, nowadays, to have a relationship with somebody, you have to get to know them. And we're so slow to let people into our life that we don't trust people. And so we put up these, these walls and these facades, and we, we push people away and slowly let them into our life. You know what I'm talking about. Like you slowly let people in to know who you really are. What I love about the relationship with God is you start things out and he knows everything about you. He knows the details. He knows the thoughts. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows what you had for lunch five weeks ago in a search thing. Like he just knows it like that. And if God just opened the search tab of your heart and mind, what would he find? Some of you, you've known God for a long time. Like, dude, maybe you've been coming to church for, for years and years and years. But maybe today you need to be challenged to say, God, search me. King David came to a point where he'd made some mistakes and he said, search me, oh God. He pulls out the flashlight and he shines on some of the junk in our hearts and in our minds. And we've got to rip it out. Because if we're going to know him, we've got to be like him. And if we're going to serve him... Like, we gotta, we got to work through that stuff. It's a big deal. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. 
this is truly the way to worship him. Like I said, it's not about how, how good you can sing at church and how good you can read the lyrics off and put your hands up, hopefully you wear deodorant, right? It's, it's the way you live. And some of us need to be challenged today. Like, man, I can live my life differently. I can change a few things in who I am and say, God, change me, make me who you want me to be. Because I'm telling you, you're never going to find success until you say, God, make me who you want me to be. Stop chasing after being like somebody else, like somebody famous, like somebody that has lots of money, that has the things that you want, right? That's what we want to be like. But how about we say, God, instead of chasing after that person or the person I see myself becoming, I'm chasing after you. gets me excited <laughs> because if, if we would live that out in our life man, things would change we know him we serve him cool thing about this verse is it kind of breaks it down for us saying whole heart willing mind he sees and knows every plan and every thought and today I, I've broken that down in just three things and here's what it is number one it's a choice anything you do in life you choose to do Today, you chose to get up out of bed after snoozing about 100 times. Um, you chose to fix your hair the way you did. You know, check out my fresh fade. Um, you chose to pick out the shirt and the clothes that you're wearing right now. You chose the parking spot out in the parking lot. You chose the seat that you're sitting in right now. Life is full of choices. But serving God is a choice. And honestly, it's a choice you make every single day. It's a choice you make when you're at work and you're ticked off. Been there? I've been there a bunch, you know. Just, just kidding. That's my boss, y'all. <laughs> this will be the last time that I get to preach on a Sunday, so. Um, you choose. And every day we have to make that decision. We have to choose, God, I'm going to serve you. God, I'm going to live my life differently than the world lives their lives and the way they say things, the way they live out things. I'm not going to be the guy that's, you know, honking my horn at people for an hour because they, you know, cut me off, right? Like, it changes the way we live. It changes everyday life. We choose to do it. But also, here's the second thing. You ready? It's an attitude. Like, have you ever been working with somebody and they have the worst attitude? Debbie Downer, you know, nothing's good for them. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's good enough for them. They've got a, a complaint for every single thing in life. Complain, 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 and complain. And, you know, you might know somebody, but you might also be that person, right? We say, God, change who I am. God, give me the right attitude to follow you and serve you in the right way. Maybe some of you serve on our dream team, and you're just sick and tired of it. Maybe instead of like, man, I need to give this up. I'm sick and tired of those kids and, you know... <laughs> Just going crazy, changing those diapers. Nobody says that about serving in student ministry, by the way. Just want you to know, everybody loves it. They love it. So just saying, <laughs> commercial. <laughs> it's an attitude. You've got to have the right attitude. And some of us need to look at ourselves in the mirror today and say, how is my attitude in life? How is my attitude in serving God? Last thing, it, it's a response. The life that we live, the words that we say, it's literally a response. And we know that God has given us salvation. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. And the way we live our life after we know God and after we pursue that relationship with him, that's our response to that. 
And it's challenging. And I'm not saying you got to be perfect. I'm not saying every decision, every word you say, like, dude, we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. It's life, right? No one's perfect. God knew who he was dealing with. We have to understand that the way we live our life in worship and our willing heart and our mind, it's the response that we're giving to the salvation we've been granted from Jesus Christ. And when you take a step back, like when you look at it that way, like it's kind of challenging. Every action, everything I do in my life, it's a response to that. Be challenged by that today. Be challenged to have the right response every day. And when you mess up, guess what? Wake up the next day and respond in a different way. It's that easy. So we're going through this cycle and we, we know him. We serve him. And the last part is we seek him. We seek God. And if you go to that verse in the last part of it, it says, if you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. I think the latter part of that verse where it says he'll reject you forever, like David speaking to his son, he's trying to be a little harsh with his tone. Just know that there's always redemption, that, that you're never too far removed from the will of God to follow God. But in this verse, we've got to understand that if we have the knowledge, if we know who God is, and if we serve him, man, we should be challenged and pushed to seek him. And by seeking him, it's like we're pursuing and we're going after him. Because a lot of times we get caught up and we know God and we, we serve God and we kind of lose that last part. That's why we get burnt out. That's why we like, dude, I don't know about church this weekend, right? But when you begin seeking God, things change in your heart. Right? Like when you start seeking God, you get a little bit excited about it because you find yourself getting wrapped up in this cycle where you know him, you serve him, and you seek him. And after you, you've sought after God, you want more of God. Like, dude, if you go get some, get some, get some good soup, go, go get you some more soup, right? You're at the buffet, and you're loading up on some chicken tenders, and you like those chicken tenders, you're going to go seek some more chicken tenders, Right? For me, I go seek at the dessert table, but that's a, whole nother, that's a whole nother sermon, right? You know him, you serve him, you seek him. When I was in college, back in the day, way back in the day, um, I saw this beautiful young girl, my wife. Yeah. And I, I'd seen her from afar, and I knew her brother, me and her brother were friends, and this one day, I'd never really met her, had a conversation. We have one conversation, meaningless conversation. And so, you know, as a young man and you see something you want, you're going to pursue, you know, even if it's out of your league, right? And back in the day, not too long ago, you'd go creep on their Facebook, you know, <laughs> and even be brave enough and outlandish enough to leave a comment on their wall. So like I said, we had just one super basic conversation. She probably thought nothing of it. And later that day, there was a comment on her wall. This is back in November 26, 2012. Great to see you in your lovely scarf today. Just wonderful. If you need help, guys, if you're single and you need help writing some Facebook wall posts or whatever, I'm your man. Five bucks a, five bucks a comment, right? 
<laughs> it's awesome. Incredible. And I look back on it now, I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. You know? But it didn't stop there, guys. Because when you're seeking after something and you're pursuing a beautiful young lady, one Facebook wall post ain't enough. And so maybe a few weeks later, there was this one. <laughs> if you read this in the right tone, it sounds like you're a dad of a teenager and your teenager just got home at like midnight. Where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? You know, I, I like to think it's like, hey, where have you been? You know, haven't seen you, but I want to see you. You know, like, <laughs> guys, just, just revel. Like, just live in my awkwardness right now. Ha <laughs> 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 ha, the semester ended, Seth. You idiot. Where have you been? Like, she was so kind. My wife is so sweet. Like, she just kind of, she went with it, you know? Like, this idiot guy, you know, looks like Ed Sheeran. All right. It says, <laughs> just here in old Waxahachie, living the big life. <laughs> you guys are enjoying church today, man. I'm so, I'm so glad you're here. That sounds awesome. What is involved in living the big life? And this is the greatest explanation of living a purposeful, Christ-following life. Oversized foam hats, mullets. If you have a mullet, I'm sorry, we love you. And the always classy windbreaker suit. Whoosh, 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 right? <laughs> but enough about me. What have you been up to? Ha ha. I'm like, were you really laughing? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> is he a clown or? <laughs> What happened to the cardigan you bought? I mean, this is just awesome conversation. <laughs> Correction, you're living the big life. Funny, like, just awesome. Like, skip to the next slide. This just gets even better. This is continuing. You know, any other advice for an unstylish young man like myself? Haha, ha, I've never noticed your unstylish. Yeah, she's probably like, I've seen it. Man, this is just awesome. Really great. Now, here's, here's the real kicker. Like, here is the home run part of it. You ready? It's the next slide. Hey, crazy idea. Let's hang out sometime. Over the break, lives could be changed. <laughs> and they were, y'all. They were. Come on. When you're a young man and you see a beautiful young girl, you will go far lengths to get to know that girl, to go on a date with that girl. Like, dude, you are going to be smelling so good, probably too good, like too much cologne. Hair's going to be looking good. Like, you just chase after them, right? Question, what if we pursued God like we're willing to pursue a relationship? What if we pursued God like that job we want really, 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 really bad? And I love my wife, and I'm, I'm glad. I ain't, I ain't ashamed of none of this, y'all. Because you saw the pictures on there. It was like me and her because I got those from like last week, you know, and I screenshotted those things. And I know the end result, right? But sometimes in our relationship with God, things get like, you get to a point and you've been serving God, but you just don't really know how to get more. And I'm telling you, if you just spend the time, if you give the effort and you pursue God and like you go after him with everything you've got, 
things are gonna change. And like I've already said, you know him, and after you know him, you wanna serve him. And after you serve him, you gotta seek him more. And this cycle happens in our life where we've sought after God and we get excited about the new seasons and the new things in our life. And God's getting us pumped up and we come to know God more. And after we know God more, we wanna serve God more. And after we serve God more, guess what? We're gonna keep seeking God. And I love, man, David has wrapped up success in one verse for us. And he's looking at his son and he's saying, son, just, just go after your relationship with God. Put him first. And in this story, if you've been reading along, if you already know this story, we see David hand the, the keys to the kingdom and the crown and hand it over to Solomon and Solomon takes over and Solomon does really well for a long time. But after a while, Solomon's greed and his lust begin to pull him away from God. And when God was a priority, when he was seeking after God and pursuing God on a daily basis, he began to seek other things. He began to let other things into his life that became bigger and more important than who God is, than serving God and continuing to seek God. And we see, we see his success become his demise. And I wonder how many of us are living the same life that we're going after the wrong things. And maybe we've never been on the right track, but you're hearing this today and you think, man, I could change. I could do some stuff. I wanna follow God. I wanna know who God is. You have an opportunity. And that you can get your life on track and go after success the way God created it to be. Not just chasing after, after a specific title or job or money or trying to climb the ladder and trying to be so successful in our world. We become successful in knowing who God is, serving him daily and seeking after him in crazy pursuit cool thing is he's already he's already pursued us a lot of us were that person like I'm gonna let God you know pursue me a little bit and I don't know how more straightforward you could get than sending your one and only son to die on the cross so then he could spend eternity with us that's the story and that's what we see lived out here is that man we can follow God and we can give him everything and see success in a in ways we never thought possible or we can live it out like Solomon and chase after the things of our own heart, what we think success really is. And we see in this story, the kingdom of God, the Israelites begin to crumble. And the kingdom's torn in two as he passes it down to his son and his son rams the kingdom down into the ground. And like I've already said, parents, adults, we've got young people that are looking at us. And they need to see us embody what real success really is. They need to see us stop chasing the accolades and the trophies and the awards. And they need to see us chase after God in endless pursuit with excitement and passion as we seek after him and believe in him as we come to know him more. We have the choice. We can choose can go after real success and put our life in God's hands. Will you bow your head with me this morning? And 
ask a team member to join me on stage. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Seth, I've been going after the wrong definition of success. I've been clawing after it, I've been chasing it. And today, I know I need to get things right with God. I know I need to, to refocus and realign some things in my heart and in my mind. If that's you, would you just lift up a hand? I just wanna know who I'm talking to this morning. There's a lot of hands up. You're not alone. This morning, I just wanna pray over all of you that we can all chase real success and come to know a God that loves us more than we could ever realize. Dear Jesus, I pray for each and every man and woman in this place, young or old, God, we're believing that you can help re realign our hearts, reshape our minds to believe in real success and to chase the right things in life. God, to put you ultimately first in everything that we do. God, I'm praying that through this, God, through, through this moment, through today, that there would be life change that comes from it, God, that people would, they would be so crazy to know you more, God, to serve you in bigger and better ways. And God, that they would continually seek you every single day. And God, they'd find themselves on the cycle that you've, you want us to find. God, that they would find themselves in their sweet spot in the life you've called them to live and to chase the success you have for them, to become the person you've called them to be. We believe you. We thank you for it. And everybody said...